ABC Tonight, the next chapter of The Bachelor journey begins. Welcome to Listen to Your Heart. Listen to your heart. 20 single musicians look for the perfect duet. When she sings to me, it just leaves me speechless. Will a passion for music lead to a lasting love? I've dreamt of being with somebody who shares the same passion that I do. Or end on a sour note? It's no fun singing a love song when you're not in love. The Bachelor presents Listen to Your Heart, a six-episode event, tonight at 8, 7 central on ABC. Welcome to the Dag Hewitt Mills podcast. You're listening to a message from the Poimano, bringing you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor, Dag Hewitt Mills. Friday's message preached by Dag Hewitt Mills explores the different aspects of God's identity and the contrasting ways he appears to man. After listening, you will understand how you can best flow with the mysterious and at times unpredictable nature of God. Let's listen to today's teaching. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have in you to serve you, to love you, to do your will. Lord, we pray for humility tonight as we receive your word. Help us, Lord, to do what is right, to Have an open mind. Give us the grace to believe in you. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. You may be seated. All right. Tonight, my last week, I preached about um, Christ as the Son of Man. Today, I'm sharing about Christ as the Son of God. All right. So, I'm preaching about Jesus Christ. Pastor Eddie was telling me yesterday um, that he was reading the final quest. And then um, there was this pastor who had written a lot of books. And when, and his books were very famous on earth. When he got to heaven and he saw the glory of God, and then he saw his works, he wanted to grind them into powder. He wanted to grind his works into powder. Because they were so bad relative to the God. People will praise you, but whether God approves of what you are doing. So when he said the word grind, I remember myself when I read that part about grinding, but the grinding really entered into me. You know, and I pray that one day my sermons will not be ground into powder. Or not that I'll even have the feeling that I want to grind all my works. I pray that your offerings will not be ground into powder. Your preachings will not be ground into powder. And your works will not be ground into powder. Or that you will not even feel like... He wanted to rush and grind it so that it's not there. <laughs> so that they don't see it in heaven. No, it's so bad. The motives and the reasons but when it is exposed, you see, you, you, you'll be so embarrassed. So, as I'm preaching about Jesus Christ, don't be afraid. It's better for me to preach about Christ than to preach about anything else. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God reveals Jesus Christ. Amen. So, number one, Christ as the Son of God. I'm going to be sharing with you about Jesus Christ as the Son of God. And this is just part one, because I cannot finish today. And then maybe part two, maybe three. 
It depends. All right? So now, the first thing that I want you to know, and I'm giving you notes. Those of you who like notes, you can have a lot of notes today. Okay? Number one, he did not make use of that title himself. Right? It was applied to him by others. Amen. Rarely, if at all, I don't want to say at all because what I, what I can see from the scripture is that he did not use that name or that title on himself. Others used it upon himself. But I'll show you in part three how he implied that he was the son of God in so many ways. Hallelujah. Are you ready for part three? I feel like preaching part three today. But I'll preach part one. How Jesus implied that he was the son of God. Ash. Powerful. Now, whenever he does refer to himself apparently as the son of God, he refers to himself as the son or he calls God his father. He says, my father, which implies that he is the son. You understand? But to say that I am the son of God, no, he referred to himself as the son of man. Now, the thing that we want to ask ourselves is, why did Jesus Christ have these contrasting titles? Son of man and son of God. Why? Are you with me? Okay. Reason number one. So I'm giving you reasons why, for those of you who want to write notes, reasons why Jesus Christ had or used or seemed to have contrasting titles. When I say contrasting titles, I mean totally opposite. Man and God. What is the comparison? A. Man and God. Jesus stood by the sea of Galilee. And his disciples went fishing. And when his disciples fished all night, they found nothing. And Jesus came standing by the shore. Grilling, he grilled some fish for them. And he saw them. He said, children. And they saw him. He said, cast your net on the other side. And they cast their net on the other side. And the whole net was full of fish. Instantly. On the other side of the a small boat. How can there be fish on this side? And there are no fish on this side. After you have fished all night. When I saw that. You see, Christ is God. And I want you to know tonight that God can fill your net. Your net that you are hoping will be filled with either souls or with money or with opportunities or with life or whatever your net is trying to catch. God, Christ can fill it. And God is God. We, you, see the, you see the uselessness of the man struggling all night to do something. And God just stands there and says, okay, put it on the other side now. Come on. And then immediately, it's full. What you are searching for has been given to you by God. And man could not find it for the whole night of searching. Hey, what are we fishing for? What are we hunting for? What are we pursuing with all our heart and all our mind? When Christ has the power and the knowledge, 
and he looks at her, but he says, sweat and tired all night. And he said, just put it on the other side. And when they finish putting it, the whole net is full, and Christ has grilled, he has grilled the fish with bread, waiting. What you are struggling, I have grilled some already for you to eat. And the one I'm giving you is breaking your boat. Our churches can be filled by God if we will allow God to fill our churches. Whatever we are searching for, God can do it instantly with his power. Today, I feel in my spirit that there are people here on what we call wild goose chases. A wild goose is one of the difficult animals to catch. It will fly, it will swim, it will jump, it will run, it will do everything. So when you are chasing a wild goose, you are going on the run of a lifetime. May God save you from every wild goose chase and may he direct you to his power where his power will fill your boat with fish and he will feed you with grilled fish. In Jesus' name. So it reveals, Jesus Christ using these two titles, reveals eh, the contrasting Variant appearances of God. God appears in different ways and does things in different ways. God is a lion, He's a lamb, the lion of the tribe of Judah, and the lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. How can you be both a lion who eats lambs and a lamb who is eaten by a lion? If anything, maybe you have said the lion of the tribe of Judah and the tiger of the tribe of Benjamin and the leopard of the tribe of uh, 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 of Reuben and the cheetah of the tribe of Manasseh. No. So that you see that all the time God is fierce. All the time he eats blood. But now he's so peaceful and seems to be someone who can be led. And the next moment is the wildest animal that is the king of the forest. That's God. And that is why those people who find God today often lose him tomorrow. Most of the people who found God yesterday have lost him by next week. Because in one moment, he's a lion. And the next moment, he's in the form of a lamb. But you insist on the lion. So you don't receive him when he comes as a lamb. Is that not so? And when you become mature, you learn to receive God in different ways. And flow with the different things that God is doing. There may be a time when God will be moving through speaking in tongues. And there will be a time when God is moving not through speaking in tongues. That's why God has confusing things for all of us. You see, the, the next reason is it's reveals the mystery of God. God is mysterious. That's why he appears, son of God, son of man. God, in Isaiah 45 verse 15, the Bible says, I am a God that hideth, thou art a God that hideth thyself. God is mysterious. If you want to fit him into a straight jacket, you cannot. That is why none of us understands what we are even doing. When I pray for the sick, sometimes they get healed. Sometimes they don't get healed. Why? Did I not have faith? 
Sometimes you give tithes and offerings, you seem to become very wealthy. Sometimes you give tithes and offerings, you don't seem to become so wealthy. Because you see, God is mysterious. Sometimes he seems to heal, sometimes he doesn't seem to. He seems to intentionally not heal. If God always does everything in the same way, then God is like a computer, a car, a robot. In South Africa, they call traffic lights robots. Because it turns red every three minutes and green every three minutes. There's no variation. It does not think. But when there is a policeman, he's not a robot. So at times, he will let the green be on for 20 minutes. That's one of the reasons why we have a lot of traffic in Accra. Because some of the non-robotic policemen who are there, unfortunately, their decisions are rather causing confusion and increasing the traffic. Sometimes you get to a junction, you realize there's no traffic, and just because the policeman hasn't come. Are you listening to me? God cannot be predicted. You cannot. Sometimes you pray very hard and God moves. Sometimes you pray very hard and he doesn't move. And sometimes you don't pray, that's when he moves. You didn't pray, that's when he moved. Sometimes you plan very hard and God doesn't move. Sometimes you don't plan and then he moves. God cannot be predicted. And he is a mysterious God. He dwells in unapproachable light. But you see, every church and every pastor wishes to make God into something that can fit into a book. Something that can fit into a formula. When you do this, then after that you do this, then after that you do this, then this will happen. That is why it's good not to criticize when you see somebody going through something. I remember one pastor, he got divorced. And um, he said for 13 years, he had had a perfect marriage. The person I'm talking about is Mike Medock. For 13 years, he had had a perfect marriage. And one day, everything changed in his house. He said before, when you see somebody having a problem, he said, look, these are the principles for a good marriage. Number one, do this. Number two, this. Number three, this. Number four, this. If you do these things, everything is going to work out. So he couldn't understand why people were having some of these difficulties till all his theories were thrown out of the window. So sometimes you, 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 you find out that certain steps and principles are not what you are expected to have. You understand? Or sometimes God will even show you that they don't work. It is his hand. It is his grace. That there are some people who think they, they, they do not fall because of certain principles. They say, we, we, our offices are glass offices. You can see everybody in the office. When you are here, you can see through glass. There's nobody who cannot be seen in the office. <laughs> open, open office. And some say, no, we, we fast like this. Some say, we, we do this. That is why we have not fallen into sin. Because in our, in our office, uh, you are not allowed to do this, you are not allowed to do this. And they have various rules. But I love the scripture which says, Now unto him that is able to keep us from falling. It's not unto you who is able to keep yourself from falling. But unto him that is able to keep us from falling. And to present us blameless before the presence of God with joy. 
not based on all your good. It's good to pray. It's good to do all those things. But I tell you, if God removes the grace, eh, all your theories, I'm telling you, all will get finished just now. There are people who are very slim. They are doing exercise all the time. I remember one sister, I asked her, how she, she said her father had collapsed. And she called me to come to the hospital. So I went to the hospital to visit. And she said, I don't understand why. I said, why? She said, my father does jogging every morning like this. He was a, he was a top executive of a big organization. He lived in an official house with official cars and official, all the trappings that go with the highest job. And he was jogging. And then he also went for medical examination every year. See, I brought, they will put a pipe inside your, what do you call it, at the back. And they will, they will go through all your colon. Eh? Your colon, do you know what is colon? Intestine, to look for polyps. Do you know what are polyps? Polyps like a, like a pimple or a little boil. And then they will measure. If the polyp is more than three centimeters, then it must be removed. If it's like this, it must be so they are to prevent cancer. So that should in case there is any cancer from down there. And then in your breast, so that in case of something, they will check this. And every place is being checked. Hey. <laughs> so, some people <laughs> some people have <laughs> some people have what do you call it? Some people remove their wombs as uh, prophylactic. Do you understand prophylaxis? Like prevention. So they remove their wound to prevent cancer of the cell. I once saw a photograph of a lady. She was going for bilateral ophorectomy, hysterectomy, and then mastectomy. Removing of the uh, uh, ovaries, two ovaries to prevent ovarian cancer, removal of the womb to prevent cervical cancer and uterine cancer, and removal of the breast to prevent breast cancer. Unto him, unto him, unto him who is able. <laughs> he is able. I say he is able. It's not that we don't know medicinal. It's not that we are careless. But I'm telling you, unto him who is able to keep you from falling. He is able to keep your body alive. He is able to keep you well. He is the son of God. He is God. He has the power. So sometimes you see people and sometimes God will even reveal to you that it's important that you do this exercise. But at other times, he may still kill you even though you are doing the exercise. <laughs> Unto him. <laughs> he gives life and he takes life away. That's him. It's, he said in his word that you will live to be 70 years. And if by reason of strength, that means that if you are strong physically, you can go an extra 10 years. Okay? That's what Dr. Yongicho said. His doctor, his Japanese doctor told him that if he plays golf, right, he will add an extra 10 years to his life. And, he, and the doctor, who's an unbeliever, has told him that whatever work he's doing, can he imagine if he lives 10 years more? So from that time, he decided to 
play golf and decided to do certain things. Are you there? Eh? Yeah. Some people, it seems that you live for 70 years. But some other people, it seems that the will of God eh, is that you should have a very short life. I'll give you two good examples. Jesus Christ and John the Baptist. That's it. That's it. It's like the short life seems to be the will of God. Very short life. Wow. Short life. Meanwhile, others live on. One person said, I don't want to live. All my friends are dead. No classmate. One day I was with one of my uncles and he was opening his address book. And he was saying, oh, oh. So I, I was sitting there and I said, what? Uncle so said, what is wrong? He said, oh, oh. I said, why? He said, oh, my addresses, they are addresses of dead people. They are all dead. <laughs> How do you know? God can work through miracles. I'll give you an example. Benny Hinn, Catherine Kuhlman. Then he can use somebody who does not have even one miracle. Billy Graham, who has gathered more crowds than anybody. Up till today, he was 80-something years old. He went and filled the stadium in uh, New York. Standing there like an old man. Whole place was full. Billy Graham. One day, somebody went for a funeral. And I came by. I said, how was the funeral? I said, oh, the funeral was very, there was, there was very poor. I said, why? Well, I said, they did not serve even one granite. So, from that day, I always remember that phrase, one granite. So, there are some people, they don't have even one miracle. Like the one granite, one miracle. Not even one. But, God moves through them powerfully. You can't understand. And there are others who have the miracles. God also uses them powerfully. You can't put God into a straight jacket. You try it and see. Try it. Even Benny Hinn and Reinhard Bonke. Benny Hinn is always on television. Reinhard Bonke is not on TV. And yet the crowd, you may think that it is through television. You see, that's why, those are the things that irritate God. When he hears you saying something that he's a God of the mountains. But he's not a God of the valleys. Then himself will come in heaven and even goes to help people like Ahab. Because it was the enemy who said God is a God of the mountains and God is not a God of the valleys. And God heard it. And he said, even though Ahab is a bad, very bad, Bible said there was none that did evil like Ahab. In amongst all the kings of Israel, God sent a prophet to him and told, because they say that I am a God of the mountains, but I'm not a God of the valleys, I am coming to fight. God is not only a God of long life. He's a God of long life and he's a God of short life. He, he's not only a God of miracles or a God where there's no miracle. He's God when there's no miracle. He's fully God. Wow. Christ, the Son of God, Son of Man. Which one are you? Define? No, you can't define him. You can't put him and say you are dead. He's not that. Even HIV virus, it doesn't stay at the same shape. That's why up till today there is no vaccine. When they make a vaccine which is, looks like this, so that when the virus is coming, it will catch it. The virus just changes like that. 
And so it, that, it is now like that. Meanwhile, your original vaccine is like this. It just passes through the side here and then go, goes away. Then you make one like this. Then it just changes again. Then it's coming like this. So it just goes through Sulia. It goes through the vaccine. So even, even HIV virus cannot be organized to stay in a particular way. How much more almighty God? All right? So it is, it is powerful. Amen. So I, 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 I have found God, sometimes God seems to tell me, do this. Then the next moment, he seems to be telling me to do something else. And I find myself moving. And I realize that if I refuse, I will soon be left far behind. That is it. There was a time in this ministry, it was lay, lay ministry was the main thing. But now, full-time ministry is the main thing. Do you know why? Because, see, where God is sending us, lay people cannot go there. If I'm sending you to KJB, there's no job. Even there's no doctor in KJB. If I'm sending you to some of the towns and villages, and lay, you see, lay pastors are people who find jobs. And as they find jobs around, you understand, they start churches in the area. And then they flow and they do well. But, you see, God was taking me further. So if I want to say, Lord, I am the one who wrote a book, Lay People and the Ministry. So Lord, you cannot tell me anything new. Because I'm the author of that book. Lord, have you read my book? Lord, you better get reading. It seems you don't read much. When I send somebody to Nigeria, and I send somebody to Cameroon, and you saw those missionaries in Cameroon, some of them, I've told them, try and find a job. They've tried different. There's no job in Africa. In many places, there's no job. Are they going to stay there? We have to support them. And they have to therefore be in full-time ministry. And it came to a point where I used to have people who helped me with computers and finance. They used to come in the evenings and do it. But the work became so much that that coming to help us in the evening, coming Tuesday night, Wednesday evening, coming, it couldn't work again. You understand what I'm saying? So either I insist and say, Lord, I am the champion of lay. And the Lord said, you are a champion of nothing. Will you clear out there? I have got a new person who wants to follow me. You see, God just moves different things. And you will find God is in every way. So God is a God of lay ministry, but he's also a God of full-time ministry. And when you say God can only work through full-time, then it's okay. I'll start lay for you to see that I am a God of the lay ministry. And he will raise up somebody who is a lay pastor with thousands. But he has his private work that he's doing. Like I went to South Africa. I met a man. He was a pastor of a big church in one town in South Africa. He said to me, he came to me, greeted me. And he said, "Um, oh, I want you to meet my managing director. I said, you know, I am the owner of the largest computer company in South Africa. Imagine how much money. And he said, we make three to five billion rands every Every year, that's a turnover. You calculate that and see how many million dollars that is, and billions of cities. He said, I'm the owner. These white people work for me. A black man, a black man. And then he said, Come and meet the managing director of MT and the, like their Ariba. He was there. So, all these people. Yeah, come. He said, We are sponsoring some soccer, whatever. He said, I have a bitch. He said, I, he said to me, I am the one who has preached from your books more than anybody in this world. 
I've not met him before. He said, I have preached from your books more than anybody in this world. And I asked him, how do you combine being the owner of the largest computer company in South Africa and preaching? He said, but I learned it from your books. I learned it from you. I know pastors who do business. They own businesses. They are running business at the same time. They are running big churches and ministries. Instead of criticizing, you must know that God is a God of pastors who work and do business. And pastors who don't do any work at all, any secular work. He's a God of both. Yeah. Before you open your mouth and an alligator comes to catch you. So, have you noticed that we want to restrict things? Always we want to say, this is how God works, only. As soon as he changes it, no, it's not God. Then we start to criticize. You see, look at these guys. They think this, 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 that, that. Charlie, yeah, I've come to see that. uh, When I look at my life and my ministry, I can see how useless and deficient I am. Oh, yes. When God is doing something, let us say, Lord, you are not only a God of valleys, you are a God of mountains. If today you are working in mountains, should I criticize it? Let me give glory to God. Yeah, and you be sure that you are supposed to be in the mountain, not the valley. Lest you go and follow valley ministry and before you realize, God will be knocking you for not doing mountain ministry. That is why we still have lay people and we still have full time. You cannot do without the two. They will always be there. And, go, and there may be a time when in this church, God will switch us back to lay. And say, now, the main thing is the lay. Then those who have run to the full time may be running back to the lay. <laughs> Are you afraid of God? You better be afraid of God. Yeah. Okay, quickly. The next one is that Christ uses this name sparingly. You know, the Son of God. He doesn't call himself the Son of God. It also reveals the humility of, his Christ, of, of Christ. You understand? There are some things you shouldn't say about yourself. But you should allow others to say. When the Lord asked Peter, Who do men say that I am? Then who do you say that I am? He said, you are Christ, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. So brother, brother, Allow God to make you. There are some people who say, if they don't say who are you, say I am. Mercy. How many know that Jesus was humble? Do you know Jesus was the most humble person? In John 5.19, he says, the son can do nothing of himself. In 5.30, John 5.30 says, I can of myself do nothing. Instead of saying, I can do something. I can do great things. I am a doer of great things. He said, I can of myself do nothing. I can of myself do nothing. In John chapter 5 verse 41, he says, I do not receive honor. I, I don't receive. When you praise me, I don't accept it. Don't clap for me. Don't, don't honor me. Don't make titles. Don't make little plaques and say, honor of. I don't receive honor from men. Don't say, well done. Well, I mean, you know, only God can say, well done. He said, I don't receive honor. I don't need a chronicle to say you are good. I don't receive it. I don't need graphic to say you are good. What is graphic? 
What is chronicle? What is daily guide? I don't receive honor, but you want to receive honor. You want people to say, oh, good man, good pastor. Oh, glory be to God. Your life is an example. You are a good person. We like you. Oh, what a good person. If you hadn't come to this world, hey, the world would be different. <laughs> hey, Shawanda, if you were not to sing in the church, what would have happened in the church? Our pastor cannot preach if you don't sing. Hey, Shawanda. Jesus said, I receive not honor. The next one in John 7 verse 6, he said, the doctrine is not my own. The doctrine is not mine. Most of us, when we preach, we want people to feel that the message is my own message. But Jesus said, the doctrine is not mine. He said, I can do nothing. We say, I can do something. He said, the doctrine is not mine. We come and introduce the message as our message. Meanwhile, we heard it from somewhere. Shakespeare was not original. It was one of the greatest shocks in the world of literature when it was discovered that he had copiously borrowed from a man called Boccaccio and another writer called Plutard. And they said such copious borrowing has not been seen before. He, he borrowed consistently the ideas and the theories and the right. And when it was discovered, they were shocked. And initially, the world of literature was in shock. They said, ah, we thought it was an original Romeo and Juliet and the Caesar and, and Macbeth. We thought it was an original. And now they found Boccaccio. He, he had actually copiously borrowed. Do you understand what I say? Copious. Mucho. But after some time, the people put their heads and say, you know, to even be able to copiously borrow and produce something that is so powerful, that one too is a gift. So don't be afraid of borrowing copiously. <laughs> Give the Lord a shout of praise, somebody. In John chapter 7 verse 28, he says, I have not come of myself. In John 8, 28, he says, I do nothing of myself. But we always say, I, I have come here today. He says, in John 8, 42, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. In John chapter 8, verse 50, he says, I do not seek my own glory. In John chapter 14, verse 10, he says, the words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. John chapter 14, verse 24, he says, the word which you hear is not mine. The word is not mine. The word is not mine. Hallelujah. Oh. oh. Like what I'm preaching, I'm preaching from somebody's book. Copio- I'm borrowing copiously. <laughs> that one too is also an ability. Because if I give you the book, you will not understand it. Yeah, and I'm being blessed. And I'm, I'm this man, the one whom I'm borrowing copiously from, he died about 100 years ago. They're, even the language is in the old language. You get it? But I'm blessed when I read it. And so I'm sharing with you. I, today, you don't find people who write about Jesus Christ. We write about how to be successful, 10 steps uh, everyday living, how to get things and prosperity. and I mean, it's so different. You have to go back a hundred years to 
to find something that can minister to you. Now, the next reason why Jesus used this title, one was to make to show the contrasting nature of God, another was to show the mystery of God, another was to show the humility of God, and the last one is to show the biblical nature of everything that Jesus Christ did. Amen. God wants to be, Jesus always wanted to be biblical. He borrowed from the vocabulary of the day. The biblical vocabulary. The theological, biblical vocabulary. Hallelujah. Some of us, we have only Ashanti names. And Fanti names. And Ghan names. Because your Ghanness is more important than your Christianity. Your awareness is more cho, your awareness is more predominant to you than your Christianity. Hallelujah. Now let me just show you. I wish I could preach on and on because I enjoy preaching. I can see some people yawning who are not interested in Christ. I wish you hadn't come today. I wish you had gone gone home. No, I can't mention their name because it's a church. I mention their name, it's not nice. All right. Now, it is a biblical name because it was a name that was used already. Christ is not the first person whom this name was applied to. Number one, it was applied to angels in the book of Job. Job chapter 1, verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. So the term son of God, it was in use before Jesus came. Number two, it was applied to the first man, Adam. If you remember in the um, genealogy, uh, David, the son of Jesse, the son of this, the son of this, the son of that, the son of this, the son, the son of everybody. Then at the end, it says, and which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. Hallelujah. So Adam was also called the son of God because God made him. Hallelujah. So Jesus was not using a new term. It was not new terminology. It was something that was there before. Number three, it applied to Israel. Israel was sometimes referred to as the son of God. In Exodus chapter 4 verse 22, the Bible says, And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. Wow. So the nation Israel was also referred to as the son of God. How many are glad that Jesus goes for biblical names? Amen. And then also, some of the kings of Israel were referred to as sons of God. He says, I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, in Psalm 2 and verse 7. And also, New Testament believers were referred to by this name. As many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to as many as believe on his name. Amen. Now, you are also sons of God. How many are sons of God? How many are sons of God today? Are you sure you are a son of God? What does it mean to be a son of God? Hmm? Are you a son of man or a son of God? Or a son of a sinner? 
Alright? Now, what does it mean to be called the son of God to you? Number one, what does it mean to be called, to use that name? Sometimes people say, daddy, mommy, this, that. What does it mean? So that's the next, I'm giving you notes today. What does it mean, Pastor Asomeni, for you to be called the son of God? Hey, it's a big word. To as many as believe, he gave power to become sons of God. Pastor Big Daddy, do you believe you are a son of God? Hey, it is a great title. So number one, Pastor Okomensa, the first thing is that it shows that you resemble God. That in Matthew chapter 5 verse 45, that you may be the children of your father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. So the first implication for you to carry such a title and such a name is that you must behave like God. You must have God's character. Amen. He says that you are called the sons of God and that God makes his rain fall on the good and the bad. And many of us, our love is very small. Our capacity to love is choche. Do you understand when I say choche? That you may be the children of your father which is in heaven. Amen. Amen. God so loved the world. He loved the whole world. Some of us, we love only three people in this world. We love only two people in this world. We love only one person in this world. We love only four people in this world. Your mother, your father, your husband, your child. Four people in this world. Some of, some of us, we have no capacity to love poor people. God so loved the rich that he gave his only son. Some of us, we don't, we don't like people with sauce and people who smell and people who are not. That's why me, for example, when people show me a lot of love and so on, I don't really take it so much to heart. You know, I take to heart those who love me when I was nobody. I mean, I know that I'm somebody, but relatively, by the grace of God, you know, I'm a little different from how I was 20 years ago. And 20 years ago, somebody who believes my message, I treat the person, at least in my mind and in my heart, that person is different from somebody who believes me today. Yeah. Because the person didn't have anything to look up to. The person just believed what I say. Are you there? It's easy to love. I'm blessed. I'm an important person in a certain sense. I have connections in a certain sense. I mean, if you don't have a job, I can either give you a job or connect you to a job. I can call Kobe after church and say, look, Kobe, I want you to employ this person. I can prevail on him. I say, I can give him a dream, a vision, something I've had. I say, listen, brother, I need you to employ somebody and I want you to take it seriously. I'm talking to you as, my, as your pastor. I can tell his wife. I said, listen, I, I'm talking to you now. I'm your father. I said, this is what I want you to do. And I'm, you'll be surprised. You understand? I mean, I, I've got some powers. <laughs> oh, you don't understand what I'm... So, if you love me, you understand? You, you haven't done much. Because you are loving somebody who can even maybe help you. Yeah. Or who can be good to you. 
But what about somebody who cannot even say thank you? Somebody who when you start helping, it means you have to help him again. There are some chronic eaters. When they eat once, and you show compassion, they will come again. And they will always be hungry. And you will ask yourself, when you gave me food yesterday, why are you not giving me food today? Because if I had died yesterday, I would not be here to ask today. Some people are unlovable. But we are supposed to love them. But how come you love only God so loved three people? God so loved four. Oh, sometimes I see, you know, some elite people who want to do with the ministry. And I see them, they try to start ministry with rich people. And I always laugh to myself. Because I've seen it many times over. There is no ministry that starts and succeeds with rich people. There is nothing like that. It is after you have done the ministry with a lot of people that you will see rich people somewhere. But there is nothing. If you go and live in airport residential area, you cannot, the people in airport will not come to your church. Mulliganos people will join themselves gradually. Children. You have children in your church. The missionaries, when they go, I say, look, don't, we are here. If a missionary comes from Zambia to stay at Mataheko or even Latavioshkoshi to come and start a ministry here, why should my members that I have struggled with for 20 years join your Zambian pastor at Zoti? They won't join. Go and find children at St. Kizito JSS and let them be your members. As they grow, God will bring these richer people and they will join and mix up. Nobody is going to join you. If you want real ministry, my friend, you better get to the job and find poor people, children, nobodies, people who are down and out. Those are the people that will come. Christ has chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and not the rich in this world. So when I see rich people trying to reach rich people, when I was in Malaysia, some young man took me and he's a business guy. He took me to go and play golf. And he was telling me, oh, he's trying to witness, reach out to these people, but nobody seemed to respond. I said, they will not respond. They will not respond. If you want to work for God, get to the job. There are poor people. There are people who cannot say even thank you. There are people who will be ungrateful. There are all kinds of people down lower. You get to those people. That is ministry. Ministry is not reaching to elite people. I don't have ministry to elite. I have my one or two Joseph of Arimathea's and Nicodemus's in the church. But I don't have a Joseph of Arimathea fellowship. No. Ministry, if you are talking about when when we went to KJB, the first night, we had 7,600 people taking the car to receive Christ as their savior. The first night, before the second night. You know, if you even Accra, no, don't don't clap. Even Accra, you can't get such people. They will not, it's a town where there's no doctor. When we came for morning service, the whole tent was full like the evening, morning converts. You want ministry? Let's go to the poor. You want to stay with the rich? Where there are air conditioners? Where there are restaurants? Where there are golden glasses? And wine glasses and so on? My friend, there's nothing like that. You understand? God's love, God so loved the world. Do you know that 70% of Ghana's population are in the rural areas? If you don't know, I'm telling you. You say we are a ministry. We have the love of God. 
We have the love of God to the cities. Love of God to the rich people. Love of God to the... And, and our churches are full of... Look at the cars outside. Gleaming, shining. Waiting for the owners who are sitting in the church. Glistening. It's just a very small part of Ghana. This is not Ghana. It's not Ghana. It's a, it's a tiny, uh, insignificant representation of, of, of Ghana or of Nigeria, for that matter. The Nigerians who have jets, who fly around. Do you think they represent Nigeria? Why do you think Nigerians have become such a nation of hustlers chasing for things and have become so corrupt? Why? Because the leaders have looted everything. There's no hope for the people. They have gone wild. I'm telling you. It is from the top. They have creamed off everything. And if you are an ordinary person down there, you are almost hopeless. But that's why they do the things they do. God looks at all those things before he even passes judgment. Yeah. If you had no hope, what would you do? At first, I didn't understand some of these things. One day I met some of our three, one of our church members in Europe. So how did you come here? Said, oh, they walked. Said, you walked from where? You walked from where? Where did you walk from? Where did you walk from? He said, they walked through the Sahara Desert. I'm telling you. He said there were three. Two died and he survived. And when he got to Egypt, I don't know how he was able to get himself. Somebody gave him some money. Then he got a ticket. I don't know how, with what he managed, and he was able to enter a room. Then he used to sleep in a telephone booth. Ah, till today he's dead. For somebody to walk through the Sahara Desert, there must be an explanation. <laughs> uh, you don't know what people are experiencing. Do you know Sahara Desert? Uh, even those who stay there are afraid of the place. You want to show love? You want to be called the son of God? You must love many. Not one and two. One of the places which reveals a lack of love is when house helps come into our houses. That's when you see the love is choche. Do you understand choche? When I say choche, small. Church. House helps. You see how people treat them. Even they can't stay. Some stay to say, hey, off. They can't, hey, because the madam, she has, she has love. When you see her talking to her children, when it comes to the this and that, hey! They are manifesting the nature of God like a lion and a lamb. The lion and the lamb. When they are talking to their child, Then they turn. Quiet, all the local. Manage your last chance, all you. The love, God so loved the whole world. Not God so loved my wife. God so loved my child. God so loved my little person that I have in my heart. But God so loved the whole. Hey! God's love is very big, oh. Very big. Small love that we have. God so loved the whole wide world. And we cannot love beyond just what you call your own. 
That's why adoption is very difficult in, 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 in our circumstances. Because people don't have love. You cannot have, you don't, there is no love in us. Only what is within your own biology. Meanwhile, you were brought up by somebody. Somebody looked after you and brought, it's not even your biological parent. But you cannot because you don't have any love in you. Oh, it's true. The, the love capacity is so small. You don't understand my message. Eh? Keep watching. You say you are a son of God. When you quote First John 1, and, and to as many as receive, he gave them power to become the sons of God. By the grace of God, we are the sons of God. You know what it means to be called the son? He said that you may be called children of your father. Who causes his son to shine on the just and the unjust? He causes his rain to fall on the wicked and the good. He loves the good. He loves the wicked. He sent his son to die for all. And you, you can only love certain cells. Some of you can only love your tribe. Like airways. A lot of airways only love. You don't want me to mention it. I'll say it. I'll say I'll talk about it. And if the person is not an airway, you, cannot, you don't have the capacity to love the person. What type of Christian are you? I'm even afraid of you. You follow up only airways. You witness to airways. You have only airways can be in your, in your, in your whatever. God so loved the airways. You, you have tribal. If Jesus was to love only Jews... Or Jesus was to love only people from the tribe of Judah. Where will you stand today? A Ghanaian like you with your black face. Where will you be? If it was a tribal gospel. If it was a tribal gospel, a national gospel. Where would you stand today? Uh, when we went to the church, it seemed they were insulting our tribe. Yeah, I was insulting your tribe. Your mouth. Where are you? Stand up. Where are you? Stand up. Let me catch you. Look, find the person. Find the person. Turn around and see who is the person. Who is? You call yourself a son of God. You call yourself a daughter of God. And your love is small like this. That's the meaning of somebody who is called the son of God. His love is for a lot of people. Not just you and you and you. We are three. We are four. Our love is up to four people. Our love is up to rich people. Our love is up to our tribe. Our country. Those missionaries who came to die here. White people. They came to die. If they had not come to die, you will not be a Christian today. It's because of the background of Presby Church, Methodist Church, and all these churches that we are here today. If you don't know, we are just building on what they have done. If they were to say, I, I love Swiss people. I love only Germans. Only from Basel. There would have been no Basel mission. And we'll be sitting here, doing all kinds of religions, serving other idols and gods. Call yourself Christ as the Son of God. So, there must be some resemblance, my friend. I said there must be some resemblance. Yeah, there must be some resemblance. Let's see the resemblance between you and God. Amen. Why such a title is used? To show you are, you resemble God. Number two, to show you are an object of God's special love. When you call yourself a son, hmm? Or a daughter. 
you, you are an object of the person's love. Amen. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. When somebody calls you my son or my daughter, it's an expression of love. I tell you. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. When, you see, and you rarely will hear certain people call you my son, my daughter. It's not a common thing. But when somebody calls you my son or my daughter, he said, behold what manner of love. Those of you who call yourself papa, there are some people, they went to university and they were chief elders in the university for a few months. Now they are papa and mama. You are papa in the church. Do you know what it means to be papa? One time somebody came and introduced this is one of my sons in school. I said, hey, we already have a son. Another was introduced, this is one of my daughters. I said, hey, you have not even done engagement before. And you are introducing your daughters and your sons. Hmm. Hey, you're wonderful. <laughs> the, the next number three is to show that it's a special, specially created something by God. The angel called the child to be born Mary as the son of God because it was a special creative act of God. Just as Adam was declared to be one of those specially created by God. When I read this, Luke chapter 1 verse 35, and the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. And therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Because it's specially created by God. When I think of that, I always look at my church, my ministry, some of the things I do. I ask myself, is it a special creation of God or is it my own idea? Is it my own invention? Or is it God's work? Pastor Nee, is it God's work? Or is it something we are just doing? I pray, Okomensa, that it will be a special creation, special creative act of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I'm going to jump to the very end. I'm going to skip out some things and just, um, I'll continue next time because I want to, but I want to just give you one powerful reason. And that's going to be from Matthew chapter 11. It's a very powerful scripture. All right. Mm. Why Jesus? You see, I'm coming to the place that I want to come to. But why Jesus referred to himself as God's son or referred to God as his father? Huh? It also helps us to see sometimes when we call people daddy and, and papa and those words. The Bible says, don't call anybody. Father. But why? Why did Jesus call Heavenly Father his Father? Huh? One of the very powerful reasons can be found in Matthew chapter 20, 11, chapter 27. And I'm going to read. It says, All things are delivered unto me of my Father. And no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father. 
save the Son, and to he whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Amen. All things are delivered to me of the Father. When God is your Father, huh, it means you believe that all things are given to you by him. All things are delivered to me by my Father. I believe that my wife was delivered to me by, by the Father. I cannot believe anything else. I believe this church was delivered to me by the Father. I believe the finances that I have in my hand were delivered to me by He says, all things are delivered to me by the Father. Brother and sister, what do you have in your life? The agreeable and the disagreeable, all were delivered to you by the Father. Believe it, unless it's not, it's not your Father. When I whip my child, I've delivered to my child the disagreeable, but it is still the Father that has delivered. He says, all things, all things, Is that not what he said? All things are delivered to me by the Father. All things are delivered unto me of my Father. Wow. When you call somebody your Father, you will know. When you call God your Father, it means that you know and you believe that all things that you have experienced in your life are given to you by your Father. And Jesus... If you look at the context of where he was talking about this, you'll see he was going through a disagreeable section of his life. But he said, all things are delivered to me by my father. Wow. Wow. How many find sometimes that some of the things that seem to have come to you, you think the devil brought them. But Jesus always believed that everything that he had was from his father. Wow. And that all things do work together for good. And that it's actually his hand which has given you what you have. And what you don't have has also been given to you by what the Father has delivered. All things. Oh, I said all things. Let that soak in. I said let that soak in. Let it soak in right now. All things. All things are delivered unto me of my Father. What do you have in your life? What do you have in your life? What do I have in my life? When I look back in my life, some of the people that I met, and some of the people that brought, were brought to me, God used them in my life. They were delivered to me by the Father. Some of the tapes, some of the people who taught me what I know and who came into my life, I believe that God brought them to my life. Whatever circumstances, some of them difficult, some of them painful, I believe all things were delivered to me by my Father. Wow. And I feel so much peace. And that's why the next verse, he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And you will find rest for your souls. Come to me. Join me. Join me. You'll find happiness. You'll find peace in this life. You'll find answers in this life. Because all things were delivered to me by my... Come and be join me among the children of my father. All things. All things. All. 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 Then he goes on and he says, No one knows the father but the son. And no one knows the son but the father. Now think about some of us. Who claim to be sons. Who claim to be daughters. 
but people don't know you. Your father does not even know you. You are a you you fit more into a James Bond film of a mystical fellow who comes around with different passports and different identities, different names, mystical, strange, unusual. Without it's like your life is shattered in so many. Where did you go? I went somewhere to do something. So who did you say? I saw someone about something. I'm into certain things. What, what certain things are you into? Business people like that. Oh, we are, we are into certain things. Perhaps if you have revealed those certain things or discussed those certain things, perhaps you would have saved yourself a hell of trouble. Yeah. Who are you going to marry? Oh, there's someone. Pastor, I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> when are you coming to Ghana? Oh, I'm, 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 I'm on it. But you know you are not coming for the next two years. So I'm working on it. My, my passport is at the home office. My passport is here. I'm, I'm sorting out certain things. You ask of them, you find out that they are, they are not around. They are here, they are there. Different. One time I had one, one pastor. And suddenly I saw him and he came around. and I saw him walking. The next time I saw him driving a big car. I said, which car is this? So it's a car. God blessed me. Said, God blessed you. So God, God moved in mysterious ways. It's wonders to perform. Then one day I was dead and I, I, somebody told me, look, your pastor is in a prison. I said, hey, which prison? So he said, just over here in the prison. So I went to the prison. I said, what, 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 what have brought you here? He said, there are certain things. You know, certain things and there was somebody into certain areas and certain business and so on. But he called me Papa. Me, I'm your father. I said, no one knows the father. No one knows the son by the father. And, and also, there's, no one knows the son by the father. The father knows the son. The son knows the father. How come you say somebody is your father? He doesn't know anything about. In fact, he knows only mysterious aspects. When we go into the implications, I will show you that Jesus emphasized that he had a personal relationship with the father rather than an official one. That his personal relationship with the father dominated the official one. Hush. He called him my father. The first time you hear Jesus calling God the father was the very first statement. He said, don't you know I must be about my father's work when his mother, the first, that was the first red letter in the Bible. And the last one, it says, father into thy hands I commit my spirit. That was the last thing he said. Me and you. Me and you. Me and you. First time he spoke, he spoke about his father. And the last time he spoke, he mentioned his father. No one knows the father except the son. No one knows the son. And we know ourselves. Oh, mystical one. Oh, mysterious one. And to whom the son shall reveal. A true son will always be bringing more people. Come and enjoy my father's love. Not driving people. And we say, we are full. Go away. We are full. The house is full. <laughs> we are seven. Go. There's no space for more children. God so loved the whole world, not just three people, seven people. I love Jesus. How many love Jesus Christ? How many love Jesus? Oh, I wish I could tell you why Jesus called, his, called God his father. Perhaps it was because, because of certain experiences that he had had. Certain divine revelation. At his baptism, a dove came and a voice came and said, this is my son, my beloved son. I like my son. Not just son, but beloved son. Perhaps that experience was so precious that he never wanted to forget the day that his father called him my son. 
And on the transfiguration, up there on the mountain, there again there was this voice that was saying, this is my son. He didn't want to put it aside. He, had, he kept those dreams. He kept those visions. He kept those special moments. His father, this is my son. My, he called me son. Oh, he called me son. So now they call you the woman with the issue of blood, the man with the problem, the guy with the stick, the guy with the shed, the guy with that. But this one he called my son. May you have the privilege one day of the father calling you and say, this is my beloved, not just son, but beloved son, beloved daughter. And may his blessing be upon you. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Stand to your feet. Christ as the son of God. Hallelujah. I enjoy preaching about Christ. I mean, enjoy listening about Christ. Listening to... Lift your hands and thank God. Oh, just thank him. Just thank him. As I believe God has spoken to you tonight. Ah, Shambelere. That you may be called the ch- children of God. Father. Who let his sun shine on good and the bad. And so many people. My God, my God, my God, my God. My God, my God, my God, my God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just worship Jesus. Jesus, we worship you. We praise you. All things are delivered to me by my Father. All things are delivered to me. They were, everything I have has been given to me by my Father, not by the devil. The devil cannot give anything to me. My Father, which is in heaven, is the one who gives me what I have. If that is the case, lift your hand and thank God. That everything you have has been given to you by God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everything in your life. Thank God. All things are delivered to me by my Father. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes. 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 We worship you, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, yes. Just worship God. Forget about yourself, my friend upstairs, my friend of the band. Just worship Jesus. Christ, the Son of God. The Son of God. The Son of God. The Son of God. Jesus, we worship. We love you. Christ, Christ, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Oh, Jesus, we worship you. For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as gold and silver, from your vain traditions received from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ Jesus, as of a lamb without spot and without blemish. We worship you, Christ. We worship you, Jesus. Oh, hallowed be thy name. Thank you that you can fill our boats today. You can fill our nets. What we are struggling about, you are the Son of God. 
Show us, Lord, which side of the boat to throw off next. We worship you. Lord, we don't want to forget the day you call us your son. We don't want to forget the day you call us your daughter. What a special day. We don't want to forget the dreams you've given us and the visions you've shown us, Lord, that we are special to you, that you love us, you like us, you chose us. Oh, may we always be. What, what manner of love is this that we should be called the sons of God? We love you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Oh, hallowed be thy name, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Mamusundil Kamila Alasuni Talanda Nicholas. Hallowed be thy name, O Holy One, Holy One of Israel. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your blessing, your spirit and your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Just close your eyes for a moment. If you are here tonight, you are not born again. Not, you, you don't know Jesus as your savior. I want to pray with you. If you are here like that, wherever you are standing, you want to give your life to God tonight. Lift up just your right hand and I'm going to pray with you. Lift it up high. Thank you. Thank you. Christ is the son of God and tonight he's giving you a chance to come to him and be saved. If you've lifted your hand, come to me in front here. Walk from where you are standing. Just walk from where you are standing and come here. Come from upstairs from upstairs, from the back, from the side, everywhere. Just come. If you lift your hand, Lord, I want to give my life and my heart to you. Just come. We lift our voices. Jesus, we worship and we praise your name. I'm waiting for you from upstairs, from wherever. You want to come to Jesus? I want to pray with you tonight. Jesus, we worship and we praise your name. We lift our voices. Jesus, we worship and we praise your name. Brother, I'm waiting for you. Just come if you are coming to the front quickly, quickly. Jesus, we worship. All right, let's pray. Close your eyes in front of you and say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. Tonight, I humble myself and I receive Jesus as my Savior and my Master and my King. Oh God. Have mercy on me. I am a sinner. Please cleanse me. Please wash me in the blood of Jesus. From tonight, I give my heart 
From tonight, I give my soul. From tonight, I give everything to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. In Jesus' name. Now say, devil, Satan, listen to me. From tonight, it is finished. From tonight, I belong to God. I belong to Jesus. I will serve God. And I will serve Jesus. Thank you, Father. Please write my name in the book of life. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every week. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Tonight, the next chapter of The Bachelor Journey begins. Welcome to Listen to Your Heart. Listen to your heart. 20 single musicians look for the perfect duet. When she sings to me, it just leaves me speechless. Will a passion for music lead to a lasting love? I've dreamt of being with somebody who shares the same passion that I do. Or end on a sour note? It's no fun singing a love song when you're not in love. The Bachelor presents Listen to Your Heart, a six-episode event, tonight at 8, 7 central on ABC. ABC Tonight. My name is Daniel Garcia. I worked at my family's bakery. My life used to be pretty normal until I met Noah Hamilton. That's when everything changed. My brother and the most famous woman in the world. Sometimes two unlikely ingredients. There's a thing about him. Make the most amazing combination. I just want to make sure you know what you're signing up for. I know that my life can get pretty crazy. I think I could do a little crazy. The Baker and the Beauty. Series premiere tonight, 10-9 Central on ABC.